A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. M the Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Now, this looks like a beautiful forecast. How are you doing, everybody? It's a Wednesday morning. We're the third day of March. But, boy, it feels like later in March, almost April, and it will feel that way today. Sunshine for our Wednesday. 46, our expected high tonight, down to about 24. A little cooler tomorrow. 37, our expected high under partly sunny skies. Friday, sunshine and 41. Saturday, sunshine and 41. Sunday, we could bounce up to about 48 degrees. That is a weather forecast. I do not mind delivering. How are you? We've got all kinds of stuff we want to talk about this morning, including the fact that Wisconsin needs you to become an official rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service. I don't know if you realize it or not, there is a lot of geography in Wisconsin that literally has zero representation when it comes to rainfall reports. Right now, we're encouraging all of you that are in Green, Lafayette, Juneau counties, Portage counties, uh, please think about getting involved. You can find details on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, and apply today. We've got more coming up in just a moment. We're on mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You're grateful for all the ways technology can connect us. Unfortunately, there are online scammers who want to take advantage. Malicious viruses, phishing scams, and identity theft are more prevalent than ever. That's why Rural Mutual includes cybersecurity protection as an option on every policy. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. About a week or two ago, a lot of pent-up emotion regarding wolves in Wisconsin was dealt with. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, where a lot of those wolves do exist. And we're talking about the wolf hunt. And, Josh, you talked to uh, some folks in northern Wisconsin, and uh, they're kind of glad it happened. And the hunters didn't waste any time filling their quotas, did they? No, Bob, they certainly did not. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. It was the first wolf hunt in Wisconsin since the animal lost its federal protections earlier this year. So like you said, it was a roller coaster. First it was happening, then it wasn't happening, then it was happening again because a circuit judge in Jefferson County ordered the DNR to go forward with the hunt. Then when it did start, it was over as quickly as it began. So Wisconsin non-tribal hunters were allotted 119 tags and and they ended up killing 216 wolves, so going almost 100 over the quota. I caught up with Ryan Klusendorf. He's had cows attacked by wolves at his dairy farm in Taylor County. He's also a Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation board member, and I asked him what his initial reaction was to hearing that 216 wolves were harvested in Wisconsin. You know, looking at those numbers, it kind of goes, in my opinion, is that maybe, you know, the wolf estimations where Wisconsin are a little light, and 
when you got uh, roughly a two-day hunt, you're you're harvesting that many wolves in that short amount of time. I mean, you, you got to think the, the population is much higher than what the DNR is estimating. Well, it just all happened so fast. The hunt officially started on February 22nd, and then by the 23rd and the 24th, they were saying, okay, we're wrapping up, and then we're done. Can't harvest any more wolves. You've went past the quota. So do you think that the DNR should have maybe set a higher number than that 119? Yeah, they probably should have been, but I mean, with a short amount of time getting this hunt set up, I it would probably was a responsible number that the DNR board approved for the quota. But going forward, when the Wolf Advisory Committee convenes here this year to set numbers for the quota for the fall hunt, I they need to take a hard look at this and make sure they get the number right. And we've been advocating here on Wisconsin Farm Bureau side to make sure. There's farmer representation on this advisory committee, and I know Wisconsin Farm Bureau's got a representative that's going to sit on the committee, and there's some other farm organizations as well that are going to have representation. So this is a you know, win for agriculture to make sure we're represented, being there's so many harassments and depredations out there that do affect the agricultural side. You've had issues with wolves for quite some time. I know that you've had cows attacked and killed by gray wolves, and that happened a few years back. Have you had anything happen recently? This fall, we had uh, an instance where we had some cattle out in the highway, and just we can tell by their demeanor when something's chasing them how they act, and they were acting that way. We did have one that ended up did getting hit on the highway, and that's another concern we have when cattle are harassed by wolves. They get out and it causes a public safety issue. And we don't want to see our animals getting injured on the road or depredated or, you know, our friends and neighbors hitting animals on the road and having losses on their vehicles. And it just the uh, emotional impact it has on people when they're hitting animals and emotional impact it has on the farmers as well. So that's, and I know other farmers as well have continued to have harassments by wolves and depredations, and we shouldn't have to deal with that in Wisconsin. That's why it's so important to have this hunt take place. Oh, and it took a lot to get this hunt to happen. And maybe it would be beneficial to back up just a little bit, give people some context of what it took to get the hunt to take place, because it was no cakewalk. There was a hearing at the state capitol between the Senate and the Assembly on the, having the wolf hunting season because there is a state statute that says there shall be a wolf hunting season when wolves are delisted. And the DNR had plenty of time when the ruling came down from the Department of the Interior that the wolf was going to be delisted. Farm Bureau felt that we needed to have this hearing and have some testimony presented at it to say that this hunt needs to happen. How can we have the DNR act on this and get the hunt going? So after that, uh, the Senate committee, Senate Assembly Committee, reported to the DNR board and said, we want you to act on this. They had a special meeting, and that was all held virtually with the Wisconsin DNR board. And I believe they said there was like 1,400 people that, that listened in on that hearing. There was about 50 people that testified. I was one of those people that testified and just said, hey, Farmers out here in rural Wisconsin, we need this hunt to happen. You know, everybody like would like to see a wolf thinks it's this majestic creature, but it, the brutal reality of nature is this animal is bred and designed to kill. 
And when the thing when they're overpopulated, they're starting to take on domestic animals or our livestock pets, and we don't need this to happen, and that's why this needed to be managed. Unfortunately, at that time, their motion they made failed, and then we kind of sat there like, well, I guess we're going to have to wait until November 2021 before a hunt could happen. But there was a hunting group that stepped up, filed a lawsuit that said we need to have this hunt. The judge agreed, and that's where the hunt came from. Hmm. You know, it's unfortunate that we got government agencies that think they're above the law and don't have to follow it, and we shouldn't have to go to the courts to get stuff done. Well, and Ryan, going back to the Natural Resources Board hearing, the one where a bunch of people testified and then they ultimately decided against the wolf hunt, you were one of the people that did testify. You told your story to the board. You poured your heart out, and then they essentially said, no, we're going to go with the other side of the argument. How did that whole thing make you feel? You know, you felt a little defeated. You gave out your personal story, put yourself out there. I mean, there's there's two sides of the story. People who don't want to see this hunt happen want to protect the wolf population and those that want to see it happen. I mean, until you're living this and going through the pain of having depredations and harassment, you don't know how it's how it's really taking an emotional, mental toll on you, the extra financial losses to protect your animals and change your management styles. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we don't want to see wolves eradicated. We just want to see them managed responsibly and be, be able to bring the population levels back into a reasonable level where depredations and harassments aren't taking a place against your livestock and your household pets. Now that we've seen how many wolves were harvested, 216 in total are the numbers we have at this moment, do you feel any better about protecting your herd and sleeping better at night? I do feel better about it. I I really believe that the boundaries have been put back into place for wolves to hopefully follow here going into the future. And, you know, those those wolves that are doing the depredations and harassment, it gives the wolf population a bad name. And that's why it was so important to have this hunt. And, and going forward, I'm still going to be cautiously optimistic about what's going to take place here in November hunt. And that's why it's so important for the farming community to advocate for this and also going forward to make sure if you think you're having harassments or depredations to report it to the DNR on the on the DNR hotline. I don't have the number with me, but I'm I'm sure you could find that and put that along with a story as well. You know, show it's still going on and it's important to have John take place again. Yeah, that number you're talking about, 1-800-228-1368 to anybody that has a suspected wolf attack here in Wisconsin. And then, Ryan, I've seen a bunch of numbers floating around because there's so much chatter about this. But it looks like the DNR is wanting to get the wolf population maybe to something around 350. That was the initial goal decades ago. Do you think that's a, a, a good number to get the wolf population to? Well, when the wolves were reintroduced into Wisconsin way back, I don't even remember when they were reintroduced, but that was the goal and the plan going forward was in 350 or less. And that was agreed upon with all the stakeholders when they were reintroduced that we need to keep this level at this number. So going forward in Wisconsin Farm Bureau, that's our policy we have set by our members, and we're going to continue to push for that 350 number. And 
I believe that's a realistic number we got to continue to work towards to keep the wolves in the areas of Wisconsin and in the national forest where they belong and not moving so far south. I mean, I've heard reports of harvests of wolves taking place as far south as Endeavor, and that's, you know, getting down towards the Madison area. And I don't think people would, would believe that they would travel that far, but when the population is overpopulated, they're going to travel to areas where they can harvest wildlife or what we don't want to see is your livestock and pets. That is dairy farmer Ryan Klusendorf of Taylor County. He milks about 120 cows outside of Medford, and he is also on the Farm Bureau Board of Directors. Ryan has had a lot of issues with wolves. He's had cows killed by wolves, chased by wolves, and has really been one of the farmers at the forefront of the agricultural side of things when it comes to the very, very fluid and always evolving gray wolf situation here in Wisconsin. We will keep you updated on this situation as it evolves. Keep it locked to MidwestFarmReport.com for more details. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Raising your own poultry can be great fun for the entire family. And now's the perfect time to get started or add a few more to your flock because chick days are going on now at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Right now, when rewards members purchase a 50-pound bag of AgriMaster Starter Grower Poultry Feed or a 40-pound bag of NatureWise Chick Starter, they get a free 4-ounce bag of Merrick's Poultry Electrolyte. Stock up on Guardian Premium Pine Shavings Bedding. Ideal for all kinds of critters. On sale, $4.99. Rewards members pay $4.75. And for new chick owners, check out a Farm Innovators Baby Chick Starter Home. Includes feeder, waterer, and lamp, just $19.99. For those of you with more established chickens, pick up Happy Hen Treats 15-count nesting pads on sale $12.99. And give your feathered friends a comfy place to stay. Assorted chicken coops now 10% off. Plus, mark your calendars. Spring chicks will be in our stores starting February 26th. Go to farmandfleet.com for all the details. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, on a Wednesday morning, it's time for us to get your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update uh, cooking. And joining us this morning is Tumak, Ag Meteorologist. You know, this morning, it's really nice outside right now. I was impressed. Uh, not much of a wind. That got to be an issue yesterday. It was very breezy yesterday, no doubt, and we'll still feel 
a little breezy, you know, not going to be a calm day today, but nothing like yesterday. And it was just that breeze made it feel so, use my parents' term, raw. Being out in that wind made you feel raw yesterday. And that was in spite of the fact that more mild air was building into the state. That mild air is pushing in. And today I expect to be on the more comfortable side. Temperatures a little higher on the above normal side. And that's something we're going to see not just today, but right through the rest of this week, right into next week as well. More mild conditions above the normals. Our normals in the upper 30s now, 37, 38 degrees. And I expect to be in the 40s for most days here into next week. Oh, tomorrow may cool just a little back to the upper 30s, almost normal. But there won't be much of a breeze with it. And there'll be some sunshine, so it won't feel like a bad day at all. It means we continue on with snow melt, but not too quickly. We're not having rivers running out of our fields right now. It's just working out to be a pretty okay spell in this early part of March. There is a front that's going to drop south through Wisconsin yet today. About all it's going to do is allow those north west winds to stick around and that's it and i expect then we stay dry right into the weekend warming up a bit through the weekend uh, further up into the 40s there could be 50s early next week and it would appear toward the mid part of next week uh, you know wednesday or so that there may actually be some precipitation and i think we'll probably talk about rain at that time i'll have forecast details right after this Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, short sleeve weather on the way today, Stu, but got to retract that statement tomorrow a little bit, huh? Yeah, little change. That's, you know, not uncommon in early March. So our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update is for a mostly sunny sky today. A little fog at La Crosse or Austin this morning. That burns off pretty quickly. We head toward the mid-40s, 44, maybe a 45 here and there. Northwest winds about 5 to 10. We will see more clouds develop in the night. That holds us a little on the more mild side, and there could be some fog again in western Wisconsin late tonight, early tomorrow. We drop into the lower mid-20s tonight with the north winds at 5. Clouds and fog early tomorrow, fog in the west, of course, make way for a mostly sunny day, a little cooler, upper 30s like normal with east winds at 5. Then there's Friday, back to mostly sunny skies, lower 40s, winds out of the northwest at 5, the weekend pan, probably low 40s Saturday and upper 40s with sunshine on Sunday. But it looks like, what, 50s even with a little rainfall next week, huh? Into next week, yeah, that wow. uh, going to melt things off a little more quickly. Wow. That's it's be amazing if we've got anything around to melt by then. Well, it, it, there'll be some here and there, but yeah, it's really opening up in a hurry. All right. Good enough. Thank you, Stu. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. Have a great day.
Stumach, our ag meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. And again, talking about rainfall reports, don't forget we're encouraging all of you to consider being official rainfall reporters for the National Weather Service. They are uh, desperately in need of help in rural Wisconsin. We've got details on our website. Your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. We've got more coming up on a Wednesday morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Registration for Johnson Tractor's planter clinic is going on now. This clinic is catered to your situation based on your Case IH or Kimsey planter. Take classes on your own time and have access in the field once planning starts. Complete your class by March 31st and earn a reward on your next parts purchase. Look for the registration link at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Prairie Exterior, now that's impressive. The roofing, gutter, siding, and window team. Transform the look of your home. Superior service without compromising. Online at prairieexteriors.com. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. These days, vehicles are powered by many different sources. Tom's Auto Center repairs them all. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Gas, electric, diesel, and hybrids. Plus, we offer free pickup and delivery within a 10-mile radius. And a loaner car if you need one. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. 
sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes, suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance, or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until wait. Don't too. Don't, don't wait, wait until, until it's, it's too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at powertoendstroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. When someone is injured in a bad crash, they probably know that smart, experienced attorneys can help. But if they've never hired an attorney before, it can be easy to put it off until later instead of calling right away to get the help they urgently need. Unfortunately, that delay can end up causing expensive losses on top of the harm someone has already suffered. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand how someone who has been injured in a crash may be confused or even scared to reach out for help. We understand how injuries, medical bills, and lost work can leave people exhausted and overwhelmed. Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim and work with experienced attorneys with a track record of success to help get you your maximum compensation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. And then your Milwaukee Brewers coming in 14th at 83 and a half. Now, Baseball Prospectus has the Brewers winning, what, 89 games? Vegas has them, what, was it 80? Well, obviously 83 and a half right here. Yeah, FanDuel's got them at 82 flat. 82, that's what it was. 83 and a half, and FanDuel's got them at 82. We'll talk Brewers, what, 608-321-1670. Rowdy, Cardinals at 86, that's 12th. Brewers at 83 and a half, that's 14th. Reds of Cincinnati, they're 17th at 81 and a half. Cubs, 79 wins, that's 20th. And then the Pirates, <laughs> last, 58 wins, which I would hammer the under. All right, Rowdy, in this NL Central, how Vegas has it, it goes Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Cubs, then Pirates. Yeah, so what do I've, you been, think? I've been looking at strictly just the FanDuel totals. I'm taking the Brewers over 82. I think this Brewers team is, Same. is around 85, 86 wins right now, in my opinion. I think you're going to see that the batting – does play better. We've already seen it. Now, take it for granted, it's two games in spring, but we've already seen that the bats have been swung a lot better in two spring training games by guys that will be on the roster than they pretty much did all of last year. I think Christian Yelich comes back and plays at, at his Agreed. all-star level. I think a lot of these guys are finally going to perform the way that they expected them to perform. And then when you look at the pitching staff, the bullpen is going to be nothing to worry about. The bullpen's going to be really good again. It's more or less the starters, and I like that the Brewers can really trot out there probably six to seven guys that could be legit starters, and you kind of are going to figure out who those last few in the rotation are going to be. They have two guys that, are when they're on their game and they're healthy, are top-line starting pitchers in Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Corbin Burns. Burns. You have a nice steady veteran in uh, Brett Anderson. You have Adrian Hauser, who's got a lot of ability. You're just hoping he can be more consistent. And then you look at Josh Lindblom, who is making his transition from Korea to the States. 
You know, it was also a pandemic year. You're hoping he can be at least like a fifth starter. Well, he was the Korean MVP, wasn't he? Then you still have guys like Brent Suter. You still have guys like uh, Freddie Peralta. Eric Lauer will be yes, in sir. that mix. Lauer's coming off of a bad season. They just have too many players that have too much upside and too much ability. True. Especially in a division where you're going to have Pittsburgh. So, and, sucks. Then, and then everybody above them is going to be right in there. I feel like. Because the Cubs are dumping. Yep. The Cubs. The, the Cubs Reds really are a, haven't. A question mark. The, the, the Cubs and, and Reds. The Reds are the only team that's really has made a few signings. The Brewers have made a few signings. Obviously, St. Louis made the huge signing with Nolan Arenado. But the Cubs really haven't done a whole lot. I guess they traded for Zach Davies, then, which whatever did. they lost Hugh Darvish, who was great for him last so year. So you're going to have, uh, on Players Nickname Day, a guy that has Bat Boy on the back of his yeah, jersey, and people like, will giggle, giggle at it. Exactly. Well, you, I think the over at 82 is a great number just because... I'd take the over. It's going to be four teams that are all going to be lumped in there, and when you look at ceilings, I think the Brewers have the highest. There might be the best value there. Well, I mean, yeah, totally. I love... I'll take the over on that, no problem, because look... It's the pitching's there. You have some question marks on starting pitching, but it's there. The only thing that was the biggest concern, right, is the offense. And there's no way Yelly's going to be as bad as he was last year. There's no way Hero's going to be as bad as he was last year. You get Low Kane back yet. Colton Wong in that lineup. Uh, Orlando Arcia carried a nice stick, relatively speaking, for the Brewers last year. Uh, Manny Pena's back off an injury. He's been a constant. Hell, he's tore it up yesterday. You have a lot of, and you're hoping for Abby Sal Garcia and what Luis Urias to really get her going, which there's no way they can do as bad as they did yeah, and last I'm, year. I'm not saying that the Brewers are now contenders for a World Series no. by any means. Well, but they're contender they, for the NL Central. They can compete in this division, especially if they get good seasons. And then to your point with the Pittsburgh Pirates, yes, I would take the under at 58 <laughs> I'd hammer it. In the last 20 seasons, 16 teams have finished with 58 wins or less. And this Pirates team has been stripped of talent exactly. It reminds me exactly what the Astros did three years in a row when they were tanking for draft picks, where they literally had no talent on that team. And they won, I think it was low 50s and mid 50s, three years in a row, acquired some draft picks and turned it around. So, yes, under there. And the other two that I actually liked. Boston Red Sox under 79 and a half. I, under. I, I don't think they have the pitching whatsoever this season, and they're not going to be able to compete with the Yankees, the Rays, and Toronto looking up. And the other one where I think there's some value, Atlanta Braves to win the NL East plus 140. Okay, I love it. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, this weather is definitely worth talking about. Today we'll see sunshine. Should top out around 46 degrees. A little cooler tomorrow, 37, but back up into the 40s. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday, on the third day of March. On this day back in 1991, they released footage of Los Angeles police officers beating Rodney King. It caused a global outcry. Los Angeles rioted. They had uh, all kinds of trials, but in the end, all the police officers involved were acquitted. The Rodney King beating, the footage released on this day back in 1991. Also, as far as dates are concerned, on this day back in 1975, the very first People's Choice Awards were presented. And look at the A-list of recipients. John Wayne and Barbara Streisand got People's Choice Awards for motion pictures. Alan Alda, 
Telly Savalas and Mary Tyler Moore won People's Choice Awards for the very first time in the television category. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that there is a lot of policy movement both at the state house and on the federal scene. And Wisconsin's really got a voice when it comes to where some of our agriculture funding is going on the national scene. Tammy Baldwin, now chairing the Subcommittee on Agriculture Appropriations. Josh Gramlin got a chance to visit with her and find out a little bit more about the agenda ahead for them. One Wisconsin elected official now has a very powerful position when it comes to agriculture. U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin recently announced that she has been named the new chair of the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Agriculture, Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and Related Agencies. So what exactly does this mean? That means that Senator Baldwin is on the committee that will oversee the budget for the USDA and the FDA and figures out which money is going to go where when it comes to rural America and agriculture. So, Senator, in this new position, there's a lot of things staring you down. What are the things that you want to tackle first? Certainly the uh, effects of the pandemic on our rural economy and our agricultural economy um, remains a very high priority and big focus. That's that's the challenge that's been compounding all sorts of other underlying challenges uh, in this regard. And, um, and so, you know, among those, um, those efforts would include uh, responding to food insecurity that has been caused by the pandemic um, and growing a more resilient uh, rural economy, including uh, by getting broadband deployed in many areas that still don't have uh, reliable broadband. So much of this position is about securing funds and sending them wherever it is that you think they need to go. So obviously being from Wisconsin, I could see Wisconsin benefiting from you being in this position. Uh, you know, representing America's Dairyland is a huge honor and it's given me the, uh, the insight of how hard our farmers work every day. Um, and we need to be working just as hard in Washington, D.C. Uh, to support them. Uh, in, in terms of uh, creating a brighter future for Wisconsin's dairy economy, um, I fought to create the Dairy Business Innovation Initiative uh, in the last Farm Bill. And now, uh, as chair of the Agriculture Subcommittee of Appropriations, um, assuring that that uh, program gets full funding to allow our uh, dairy farmers and uh, processors to add value to their products uh, is is going to be one of my key focuses. Um, let's change gears and talk about USDA because this committee oversees the budget of the Department of Ag. So how closely involved will you be with our new Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, and figuring out what the USDA wants to tackle first? Um, well, First of all, I had a, a great conversation with uh, uh, Secretary Vilsack before our confirmation vote, um, outlining uh, many of the Wisconsin priorities that uh, I've been working on for some years and uh, checking in on, on his sense of, uh, of vision and uh, plans for the USDA. Obviously, Tom Vilsack has um, a lot of experience in this regard, as he was uh, Secretary of USDA um, uh, under the Obama administration. And um, that's particularly heartening at this moment where uh, that agency has been uh, stressed and battered, if you will, over the last uh, four years. 
And so re- rebuilding morale and, and, and uh, sort of rebuilding the agency will be a key focus of the secretary. Meanwhile, he is tapping, uh, and, and President Biden is tapping some uh, real talent and some real visionaries uh, in uh, sub-cabinet positions that I'm very excited about working with also. The 2023 Farm Bill is closer than it sounds, and you and some of the senators from the other large ag states, especially in the position that you're in now, there's going to be a lot of involvement in the upcoming Farm Bill. Have you started having discussions about that? Because you could be very influential in where the money goes in that bill. Absolutely. You know, people start working on the next Farm Bill, it seems, as soon as the previous one has passed. And uh, aside from making sure that there's uh, quality implementation um, of the Farm Bill. Uh, really, the information gathering process and uh, ideas start bubbling up right away. So I've been collecting input from Wisconsin uh, uh, farmers uh, and also uh, uh, leaders in rural communities um, already looking forward to the next reauthorization of the Farm Bill, which of course is done by the Agriculture Committee and the Appropriations Ag Committee is one that uh, often plays a big role in implementing uh, both existing programs and changes to uh, the programs that uh, currently exist. That is U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. She has a powerful new position within agriculture. She is the chair of the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Agriculture, Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and Related Agencies. Check out the full story on how that position has an impact on the USDA, FDA, and the upcoming Farm Bill by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. The Pioneer Agronomy Hour is happening Tuesday, March 16th, and it's something you don't want to miss. Three local Pioneer field agronomists will be joining Pam Yonke for an update on all things that have to do with pest management in southern Wisconsin. To get a feel for what you're going to hear during the event, check out the Defend Your Yield from Pest in 2021 podcast series. Agronomist Will Wynn from southwest Wisconsin is going to provide tactics to manage corn rootworm. So when it comes down to managing it, it just comes down to knowing your local population, utilizing the traits, and then if so, also utilizing an insecticide at planting and an insecticide during the season to help maximize your ROI and ensure uh, that that field is going to be a low risk for population the following year if it is going to corn. The Pioneer Agronomy Hour is happening Tuesday, March 16th at 10 a.m., and you can register to attend that event and get the Zoom link by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. Protect this year's yields with the help of Pioneer. The Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection wants to remind all of you that tomorrow from noon until 1, they are going to hold a virtual Consumer Protection Summit. The goal is to try to help you identify how you can avoid scams and pitfalls. They'll focus in on things like robocalls, COVID-related scams, student loan debt, predatory lending, landlord-tenant issues. Basically, if you've got a question about it, the Consumer Protection folks will focus in on it tomorrow. From noon until 1, all online, a virtual Consumer Protection Summit. You can get signed up and follow the link at the Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection's website. Well, as we get started in the trade session this morning in Chicago, the grain market's a little soft. Dairy is holding firm. Barrel cheese yesterday was unchanged at 142. 40-pound block cheese up a half at 163. And AA butter had another big day, 
up eight cents at one seventy one and a half per pound. March milk closed twenty two cents higher at sixteen thirty four a hundredweight. April milk was up thirty nine cents, closed at seventeen eighty a hundredweight. December corn dropped a penny overnight. They're right now at four seventy four a bushel. November beans are trading three cents lower at twelve twenty six. The July wheat is down four at six fifty a bushel. You know, we talk a lot about corn and soybeans, etc. here on the farm show, but uh, there are plenty of other crops that are being grown in the state of Wisconsin. Up next, we're going to focus in on a brand new podcast being generated by some of our University of Wisconsin Extension staff around the state that focuses in on those very unique crops and uh, probably sheds a little light on things you didn't know about them. Stand by. George Kemp joining us next. Sign up for daily agriculture updates by joining our email list. Head to MidwestFarmReport.com, enter your email address, and we'll handle the rest. More farm news straight ahead. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. When we say we're the concrete producing company that contractors rely on, it's because they know we produce our own superior ready-mix products that endure the Wisconsin elements, and our family stands behind the long-lasting performance. Add one of our unique products to your next project. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on advanced concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Sows, cows, plows. Pack anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, Wisconsin agriculture is complex, it's deep, and it's diversified. And a new series of podcasts is designed to point out just how diversified Wisconsin agriculture is. George Kep is one of six University Extension staff members from across the state that have partnered up to produce a new podcast called The Cutting Edge. Basically, it takes a look at some of the things we grow and produce in Wisconsin that are overlooked. Things like hazelnuts, malting barley, elderberries, 
lavender, cut flowers, saffron. That's just the short list of the subjects they focus in on. I talked to George Kep about it and asked him to explain more about the podcast, The Cutting Edge. Well, this was uh, last year. You know, as we got into shutdown, UW Extension, a few of us ag educators from around the state got together and thought, well, what's another way that we can help farmers out? Think about some different crops that are out there. Some of them have been around for a long time, but uh, many of them, not too many people are involved in yet. There might be another way for them to uh, find some income on and around their farm. Well, and judging by the crops that I'm looking at, it could also be very entertaining and informing for just about anybody. You're focused in on hazelnut, malting barley, lavender. My goodness, how did you find resources to tackle those subjects? Well, what we've done is most of us, as we sit and and think about things long enough, all of a sudden you realize there are some operations in your county, in your near area, that you've seen that are not the normal. But these people seem to be doing a pretty cool job of what they're doing. They've found their niche, their interest, their passion. And uh, so we started interviewing them, and then we uh, work with it so that we find out, okay, so where did you get your information from? And come to find out, most often they've been dealing with a university, maybe not necessarily Wisconsin right off the bat, but uh, in some of our near areas, uh, Michigan, Michigan State University, or they've dealt with uh, uh, University of Minnesota. And so we find that most of these characters do have a strong um, data background with one of the, the land-grant universities. What about their agriculture background, George? Uh, for some of these items, I'm curious if they come from an agriculture background or maybe were intrigued into it as a second career, per se? Well, that's, that's very true. Some of them were that way. And, and so we do ask those questions in our podcast, too. You know, how'd you get involved in this? What was your background? Did you grow up on a farm or did you just finally find some interest and maybe did a little gardening? And sometimes it was, it was grandma who kind of gave them that interest in growing plants and doing stuff. And then they have other things about being involved in nature and that sort of stuff. So can be a lot of different reasons that people get into some of these different agricultural options. George Kepps along with us, one of the University Extension staff members that's kind of collaborated and put together something they're called Cutting Edge, a podcast that looks at new crops that you could consider for Wisconsin. Now, George, you're not horning in on the farm babes territory, though, are you? No, ma'am. No, <laughs> we're just trying to give you some more ideas and maybe find out what other ideas are people interested in and they would like us to do a little bit of a research and uh, pull up a podcast for them to learn about that business and consider, is it a fit for them? You know, you know, that's just it, George. The more you talk with these folks, the more you find out just how how complicated some of these things can be. If you're a traditional corn bean person, I bet even you've been learning something, learning about these other crops. Oh, absolutely. You know, as we, we talked with the lady about lavender here near the area, um, you know, she ordered 200 plants. Somehow she got roped into it and ended up with 2,000, you know. That's quite a difference, you know. It's just off by one zero, but it still does make quite a difference. And so uh, they, they learn through tough times, too. But we're trying to help people not have to relearn those lessons. Right, right. How can people subscribe to the podcast, George? How often are you guys generating this new information? We're, we're trying to get a, a new podcast out there about every three weeks or so, 
Um, and it's, it's found right on the, the University of Wisconsin Extension website through our Crops and Soils program. Um, if you just Google Extension, um, Cutting Edge, you should be able to, to get there. How long are the programs generally running? Typically, they're about 45 minutes. We don't like them to go over an hour because um, people lose interest when they get too long. Um, some of them are a little bit shorter. Sometimes we put them in, in two different sessions, so there'll be a part one and a part two, um, and we try to get into the marketing aspect. Okay, so you do start this business. How do you market it? And in many cases, as ag educators, we encourage people to think about that marketing thing even before you get into it. Where are you going to sell your crop? How are you going to make money with this this adventure? Have any of them expressed much uh, information about how they through the pandemic, George? Uh, most of them have been kind of plugging along, you know. Um, even with the, the, the lavender and the saffron sales, most of them have found a way to, to keep that going. Um, not easy, but, uh, you know, a lot of their sales are online to begin with. So um, that doesn't hurt them quite as much when that's kind of the way you're, you're managing and selling your product anyway. George Kepps along with us, one of the University Extension staff that's put together a new podcast that you might want to subscribe to, even if you're not a farmer. Uh, Pick up some interesting tidbits about other crops that can be grown in Wisconsin. I mentioned before, cut flowers, lavender, elderberries, malting barley, chestnuts, a lot of different items that are already in their library, and you can find it on the University of Wisconsin Extension website. Just search for Cutting Edge. What kind of shows do you have lined up next, uh, George? Do you have a pretty good agenda, pretty good list to uh, go back to? Oh, we're working on, we've got uh, mushrooms coming up here in the next month or so. Um, gosh, uh, that, that's the hard part. You know, it can change very quickly if all of a sudden we find an individual that has a niche and they're willing to share some information with us and we put them on. George Kepp, a Columbia County Extension agent who's working with probably about a half a dozen other UW Extension agents across the state to produce the podcast, The Cutting Edge. Now, if you're involved in a unique part of Wisconsin agriculture that might be featured in The Cutting Edge, reach out to your local county extension office and let them know about it. They'd love to tell your story. Again, The Cutting Edge, available for free on the University of Wisconsin Extension website, as well as on the platforms for Apple iTunes, as well as Google Play. Just look for The Cutting Edge. Tomorrow we'll catch up with our friends from Rice Dairy, LLC, down in Chicago, Ever Ag, down in Platteville. Find out what's happening with the dairy market.